guys. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. In today's show, we talk about crazy group guide trips we've done, mountain lions, Gila monsters, and a little bit of river fishing. Hope you guys enjoy. Good. All right. Yeah, we're good. We're recording. <laughs> uh, we only lost 18 seconds, so no big deal. But, but quality material in those 18 seconds. Yeah, for sure. Everyone's <laughs> just going to have to imagine what it was. But welcome back, everyone, to another episode. We are coming at you from the usual locations. It's uh, actually a weird day in Arizona. We're actually going to get some rain. Uh, the weather's finally breaking. Unfortunately for me, I'm getting ready to head out of town. But are you guys stoked to uh, have some monsoons rolling in? I hope so. We always, it always kind of teases us this time of year and never comes in, but, uh, it's only 92 degrees. So it's probably 18 degrees cooler than normal. Uh, still hot, but not bad. It was very comfortable on the lake this morning for sure. How'd it go, man? How was the trip? Uh, typical guiding, man. I, I, yesterday had such a great trip. Um, today was, it was a good trip. Don't get me wrong. Like the people enjoyed the trip. It just, the fishing was a fraction of what it was yesterday. Unfortunately. That's so crazy, dude. And, yeah. and anyone yeah. in their right mind, if you looked at the weather between the last two days, anyone in their right mind would have said, today's the day. Today is yep. going to be the better of the two days. But these fish in Arizona are so conditioned to 110 degrees in sun that, uh, they do some weird stuff when you actually get weather that should make them active, cooler, overcast, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And, you know, yesterday we caught a bunch of quality fish. We caught a, you know, we caught at least 10 really, really good fish and uh, a handful of small ones. And today and we caught only a couple good ones and a bunch of small ones. So that's the, the positive of this is a lake that you don't catch small fish in. Uh, the lake has struggled recently at Saguaro. Um, and to see all those small fish is a, is a real positive though, for the future of the lake. So hopefully that, uh, hopefully they do well. That is encouraging. Um, that's cool, man. Well, at least you guys had some bites, but, uh, we're going to come back to this because I, I know you had a group trip today. We want to talk. We haven't done any guiding talk in a while, any guiding stories. So we'll come back to it in a minute, but, uh, let's, let's see what's going on with Nick first. What's up, man. We can't see you. Are you there? Yeah, well, I'm here. I uh, am taking one for the team because I've, I've styled my hair. I've got my sports coat on. <laughs> I'm wearing I'm wearing a pantsuit, and uh, we we've diagnosed that our all of our quality control issues stem from my bad internet. So I took one for the team, and I ixnade the video. So I uh, will just let you have to envision how good I look today. But you know, man, uh, somehow we we blinked, and it's freaking Friday. It uh, week week zoomed right on by. Um, I sit here and I try and ponder anything of value or humor that has happened to me this week. And uh, you ever just have weeks, man, where you're just one foot in front of the other, just 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 getting by? <laughs> the funniest part, Nick, it's not even Friday yet. That's how jacked up it is. You got another day to live this hell that you're, <laughs> this hell week that you're living in. Dude. Like I was saying, That's so hilarious. Friday morning. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So if I could sum it up in one long run on sentence, it would be that. And then I'd end it with Rob pointing out that it's Thursday. So, uh, so there's that. Thanks. So, dude, that is funny, Rob. Uh, so Nick, you're getting ready to take off in the uh, RV this week, hopefully. And, and, you know, you didn't have like a set date, but uh, just to keep to keep the listeners updated, because we're all going to want to know what your what your travels are going to be like. It is on a slight pause, correct? 
So we're going to get there, man. I think uh, um, enthusiasm in the adult units is still high enough to get us out the door. Um, the enthusiasm in the two older kids continues at a fever pitch. Um, sadly, our, our baby is just uh, all of a sudden, dude, you got to love infants, freaking rocks, 102 degree fever. And uh, I think he's I think he's just trying to sprout like 35 molars at once or something is what we're hoping because he's kind of got the classic teething stuff going on. But uh, anyone who's been there knows, man, that's that's the equivalent of like zero sleep for days. And so uh, we're going to make it out, though, man. We are. We kind of have an itinerary. I think we're going to we're going to shoot up through Utah and uh, we're going to land in my previous hometown of Pinedale, Wyoming. Hopefully after maybe we'll milk that. 14, 15 hour drive over a couple days, thinking maybe we'll land at uh, Lake Powell if we get out of here later tomorrow. Oh, cool, man. Tomorrow, yep. And uh, probably won't wet a line or anything, but that'll be the first campground we hit. And then we'll probably try and leapfrog up to like northern Utah, maybe like Provo, something like that. It's another five or six hour chunk. Uh, looks like there's a pretty cool campground on one of the local lakes around there. And then, uh, yeah, man, we're going to we're going to bring her on home to Pinedale, hopefully first part of next week. Since it's only Thursday, I just found out uh, I'm pretty optimistic that we will make it to Pinedale before <laughs> the end of the week. Yeah, you're on, dude. Yeah, you just gained some time there. Dude, uh, when I'm in front of the Grim Reaper, I will have nothing to complain about. I'll be like, dude, I got a free day. Here I am thinking it's Friday <laughs> back in 2020 and it was only Thursday. So I got no complaints, man. You can sever the cord. <laughs> So are you going to try to do most of these stops, uh, you know, even whether you fish or not at all of them, uh, lake or river, you know, focus around lakes and rivers? I think so, dude. I think, uh, you know, because obviously we're complete rookies when it comes to the RV lifestyle. So all of that is just coming at me with and I'm just as green and wet behind the ears as can be. So my theory, my strategy is that the cooler campgrounds and places to stay they have to be you know gravitating around water and luckily you know the western united states is just chock full of opportunities like that so we'll see dude we're gonna try and hit yellowstone and uh, i would imagine the end of july first part of august amidst a pandemic where everyone is in the rv industry now probably should be pretty light traffic going through yellowstone so who only knows what that adventure will look like it's gonna be busy dude you know uh (laughs) well and yes i was gonna say uh we'll just wait till school starts but you know god knows dot 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 on that yeah that's why you're you're going uh well, that'll be interesting, dude. We're going to get some good stories out of that. You guys will have fun, man. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry so. it got delayed, but I'm, I'm sure you all are ready to get going. We'll get her done, buddy. It's uh, it's all good. We'll keep you posted on uh, just some of the shenanigans that are sure to unfold. <laughs> right on, right on. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've kind of had a, a somewhat similar week. It's been a good week for me because I had been out of town so much. It was great to spend a week at home with the family and, you know, everyone's doing good at home. Um, but just not a whole lot of inner stuff that would be interesting for our podcast listeners anyways, going on at my house right now. A lot of just, uh, family stuff, uh, grilling and, uh, doing research for my next tournament. I'm headed out to La Crosse, Wisconsin tomorrow, flying back up there. I left my rig up there. So I'm flying back up there tomorrow. So this week I've been doing a lot of analyzing on Google earth and just, you know, doing research to see, you know, the, the real important things, as you guys know, leading up to a tournament are you got to figure out what the water conditions are like first and foremost. And it looks like the water's low, um, not as much current as there can be a lot of times. 
the fishing's been tough. The the river's been pounded up there by tournaments, and uh, the weights are below average. So you know what you're getting into coming into it. And then I've just been doing a lot of Google Earth research, looking for places to fish. I've been there, I think, three or four times. Uh, I fished three tournaments. I've made four trips up there. But um, just looking for maybe something different. I might take a little gamble since there's no points involved in this tournament for me. So, uh, what uh, what is the how how do I phrase this? Like with Google Earth, does it tell you when those images were last updated? Certain versions of it. Um, mm-hmm. Certain versions of it you can. I've got a version where you can do that. So yeah, you know you could if you could try to match it up with a similar water level as to what it is now or try to find lower which is obviously ideal if you can find it when it's been low you could see where everything is you know but uh-huh. uh right now it is quite low and it, you know I almost always you don't want to fish a river when it's flooded eight feet high that's uh-huh. it's too much but when it's really low it's tough too man because there's less current to dictate mm-hmm. where those fish are at there's less targets in the water so you might go down a bank and know exactly where the fish is going to be but so do all the other guys. And, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, any fish that pulls up onto a log is going to get caught quickly. And it may not be replaced by another fish very, very quick. So yeah. that's, the, that's the challenge with this, man. You know, and also just get running around. This is a notorious, a notoriously difficult river to navigate. And I've spent a good amount of time there. I know my way around. But things change. You know, you get a flood one spring and this sandbar moves over here and uh, and then you just take some water out and, um, dude, there's going to be a lot of people needing to be, uh, airboated off of sandbars this week. Yeah. Is it, uh, is the bottom there pretty treacherous for lower units in the such, or is it just more sand or what? Uh... Yeah, it's both. I mean, like the sandy areas you, where you get stuck, you're not going to trash your boat. Um, you know you're not if you hit a sandbar you just get stuck it's not Uh even really going to do any damage but there are a lot of wing dams and what they did is whatever you know whoever parks and wildlife or i don't know who would be in charge of this the army corps of engineers i don't know who did it but to preserve the shorelines of that river during floods they built a bunch of rock wing dams okay so like they're like they're like little rock jetties that come out 10 to 50 feet and they're staggered all the way down the river um, uh, and, and that just prevents erosion, you know, it okay. breaks up the current going down the banks and it pushes that heavier current into the middle of the river. So it's not eroding the shorelines. Those are phenomenal for fishing. The smallmouth love to sit on those things, but, uh, you got to watch those for sure, man. I mean, guys constantly tear up uh, lower units, just cutting it too close, going, coming in and out of the backwaters. They're marked <laughs> on most GPS units, which is good, but, uh, yeah, you got to be paying attention. Right. Yeah. What's up, Rob? To give you an idea, Nick, how dangerous that place is, uh, a couple summers ago, Josh hooked me up with a buddy of his by the name of John Steers. Uh, gentleman is uh, a retired guy. He's fished the uh, pool above where you're going, right? Yeah, Josh, I think am I right? you probably One fished or six or five or four, and we're fishing seven, eight, nine. Yeah, so it, similar water, though, I'm assuming. It's the same. But, yeah, this this guy has fished there his entire life. Um, in his retirement, he fishes five days a week, every day. Uh, and he had his lower unit, the skag, knocked off his boat when I went fishing with him. Oh, so just think about his experience on that water, and he still hits stuff. 
Wow. So, yeah. Did you yeah, did pretty, that happen the day you were with him, dude, or was that before? No. Okay. No. It was it was prior to that, but it was just. I mean, I I took note of it right away. I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> this guy's experienced, and it still happens, right? Oh yeah, yeah. He was he was one of the coolest guys I've ever fished with. He, we had such a blast. And uh, a man. quick little story. He he hooks this smallmouth on a whopper plopper. This like three pound smallmouth has it in his hands. Has the smallmouth gripped whopper plopper in its lip. And he looks at me and goes, "All summer I haven't been hooked." Oh. <laughs> Until. Immediately, immediately the fish flops and he's got a whopper plopper hook right in his thumb and hooked to the fish. Oh. So we had spot lock and took care of that situation, but it was uh, it was just funny how he looked at me like all summer nothing's ever happened. <laughs> did he have another classic reaction after it happened? Like until now? Or did he go like until now? Or do you remember what <laughs> yeah, he said? Yeah, just kind of. We kind of laughed about it. I don't even remember. I just freaked out. I'm like, oh, because I had to get the smallmouth unhooked while it was still hooked to him. Nice. So. Did you say, hold on a second, dude. I need to get a sandwich. I'm kind of hungry. I feel a little queasy seeing this. I need something in my stomach. <laughs> uh, it was dude. awesome, though. He was he was so generous on taking me fishing, and it was just uh, – and it was a favor that Josh pulled me for me for what, which was super cool. So super I'm glad cool. I'm not the only one that's just cashing favors in on him all the time. I attribute all my fame <laughs> to him, so it's good to know I'm not alone. Whatever, dude. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I hope I get to see John when I'm up there, man. It's been at least probably four or five years since I've seen him, so I'll, I'll drop yeah, him he, a line. Yeah, do that because he would be, he'd be thrilled. He's a super nice guy. So. Right on, dude. Hey, you know, when, when you're talking about how nervous that made you like, well, not nervous, but you like when he said I knocked my lower unit off last week and he'd been fishing that place forever. I'll tell you another a situation where I kind of freaked out, like riding with a local guy somewhere. So, dude, uh, I had like a couple uh, I had a week off in between tournaments a few years ago. I was back in Texas and I've got a buddy that lives in Texas. His name's Lee. Great guy. Great fisherman. Super experienced boater tournament fisherman. Uh, and I just had extra time. So I'm like, Hey, you want to go fishing somewhere, dude? So he goes, yeah, let's go to Ray Roberts. And Ray Roberts is just North of Dallas. I've never fished a tournament. there. It's just a lake to go fishing for a day. We go to Ray Roberts and the upper end of that lake is solid timber. Like the lower end, just kind of standard Texas Lake or whatever. The upper end is solid timber and it's not marked. It's just a forest, you know, and a lot of it's been cut down, but I'm not like thinking, uh, thinking that much of it but um you know we're just kind of running around nice and easy all day all morning long fishing on the lower end and we get to the upper end of the lake by midday and he's like yeah it goes it's real sketchy running around up here and i was like oh crap you know i'm seeing all the the timber and stuff and he had he had literally just been fishing all day without a life jacket or whatever which is fine you know not everyone you know like you should be wearing it you know we're pretty diligent about wearing it but he hadn't been like wearing it just because he knows the lake so well or whatever and wasn't was taking it easy. Well, dude, we start to run through this timber and I watch him. He takes the kill switch as we're running and ties it around his wrist. Yeah, there you <laughs> Is go. That not a good feeling, dude, when you're when you're riding with someone and you watch him tie the kill switch around their wrist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the pucker awesome. factor goes up about 10 holy crap dude yeah it was and and of course like just to lower the risk of hitting something to get less boat in the water he started running 70 through this stuff i'm like no holy crap dude yeah i mean i think you just trim it up and pray dude oh my goodness we didn't hit it's anything like, 
I've never fished where those where there's all that timber, and I, I guess I'm fortunate. So it's it's gotta yeah. be it's kind of weird, huh? There's so, so so many of the dudes that have been doing it forever, like have these have the the craziest like theories on it, right? Like my theory is figure out where the timber is at and run in other areas, like find out right. how to run with the, where there's no timber. But some of them, like like there's a guy that told me always run next to the biggest trees that are sticking out of the water because he goes, there cannot be two big trees growing right next to each other. <laughs> or it's like, if you're going to go out, go out in style. <laughs> yeah. He goes, run really tight to the biggest timber and uh, you should be good. I'm like, I don't know, dude. He's like, and buy a life insurance policy with my company. <laughs> awesome. We got off on that tangent. I just thought it was creepy when he tied the kill switch around yeah. his wrist. I didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, We've got a couple uh, custom, a couple listener comments that we've had in our messages that uh, I wanted to get to today. One of them is from a guy named Dusty Wood. Now, Dusty is a college angler. He's been listening to our podcast since day one, and he actually said uh, in his message that uh, listening to the podcast made him want to start his own podcast, which is super cool. I asked him what the name of it was, and he hasn't gotten back. I want to shout out his podcast when he does, but uh, he had a good question here. Uh, what was the, what's the craziest wildlife you've ever seen on the way to the lake or at the lake? Uh, I'm sure you guys have a couple good ones. Uh, I, got, I got a couple good ones. Nick, you want to go? Uh, so, yeah. So I, I can probably, hopefully not right on your parade too much if I was going to guess where you were going, Rob. But uh, I've seen a couple of times, um, I've seen a javelina swimming across like the widest part of saguaro i thought that was pretty cool i uh that's I felt, random dude super random i felt bags i got too close to him and then he like started swimming the wrong way and i was like oh no 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 like he was like 80 percent to the other side and then he like pulled a 180 <laughs> i was like oh you're going you're going down bro <laughs> what is, yeah, so dude, like, he's not gonna make it back across <laughs> oh yeah he was gassed so i like got back in front of him and helped him do another 180 and get to the bank and it was cool because once he got there those little hooves aren't meant for swimming and he just freaking, he was tuckered out. He, he collapsed down on the bank. I saw recently, too, it wasn't me, but I saw a video on Facebook at Apache of a, a cougar, a mountain lion, swimming across the lake, similar fashion, and uh, pretty cool, man. I, I've never seen that in person, but, uh, yeah, those those big old cats apparently like to get out there and swim. That's gnarly, That's awesome. dude, a mountain lion swimming. They, they say cats hate water. Well, and I saw Carol Baskins on the other side. And so I think it was like trying to get away, you know, like big cat rescue. <laughs> That's hilarious. I had forgot about that. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, you're welcome, man. I what I'm here for. I'm here to not remember what day it is and give you TV shout outs. So what about you, Rob? You're like Captain Outdoors. Have you seen some crazy stuff? Uh, one thing I saw was at Saguaro Lake. This was years ago. Uh, I was fishing down the bank. It was a lot of grass on the bank and I saw something move. I looked up, looked a little closer and it was a bobcat. And I'm literally within casting distance of him. I had a frog tied on the front, <laughs> laying on my deck of my boat. I literally, for like, seemed like 10 minutes, it was probably a minute, but I played with this cat like I was playing with a house cat with a fishing rod. I, oh. would, throw the, I would throw the frog up in front of him in the grass and shake it, and he would hunker down and like try to attack it, and I'd pull it away and put it a little further. And it was, uh. I mean, this went on forever. It seemed like it was phenomenal. I, I just wish it would have, it was long enough ago to where you didn't have a cell phone with a camera or, or a yeah. decent camera, you know? So 
and I was by myself, so maybe it's just my imagination, but I swear. <laughs> was that over <laughs> Shiprock? What's that? Was it over by Shiprock? It was um it was in the narrows in the first cut on the right going okay. up the lake. Right so, on similar area and, though. Yeah. The other interesting thing I saw was at Lake Pleasant. This was years ago again. Um there was a coyote eating spawning carp. It looked like a <laughs> No wolf. way, man. Yes, it looked like a wolf in Alaska or Canada or whatever eating salmon out of a river. I mean, Whoa. he was sitting there like waiting for them to come up and splash on the bank, and he reached down there and grabbed one. Dude, that's brilliant. that is cool, man. He was the burliest, healthiest-looking coyote I've ever seen in the desert. So he had his food source down. That is brilliant, man. I've never yeah. seen that in my life. That's cool, dude. I've heard of people's yeah, dogs. Like Cliff Perch had a dog that could catch trout, dude. He would know how to like trap them and pin <laughs> them and fling them up on the bank, dude. That's phenomenal. That's yeah. If anyone would have that dog, it would be Clifford too, right? <laughs> like Cliff as soon as you said that, it's like completely believable. Cliff taught him by doing it himself. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah no kidding. Catch him by hand. No kidding, dude. I I could completely see him pouncing on a trout, dude, like a cat or a dog. Rob, as soon as you said you saw a wildlife story at Lake Pleasant, I was wondering if it was like going to be like a beached whale or anything like that. So I'm glad to know that it wasn't uh, <laughs> recreational pleasure boater sightings or anything like that. There's plenty of that wildlife out there for sure. Dude, it's wild. So funny. Yeah, it is. That, that lake definitely, uh, if you want to see some crazy stuff out of all the lakes in our state, that would be the uh, that would be the one where you're going to experience some crazy stuff. In my time guiding there, I saw... Some very weird things that people did over the years, dude. Dude, you uh, just shake your head. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, dude, you know, speaking of a coyote kind of being in the water like that, that was weird. One, you know, uh, during the shad spawn, it's interesting how these animals take advantage of the fish spawns, I guess, because it's the only time they're super uh, accessible close to the bank. But, I, dude, during the shad spawn, I saw a bald eagle sitting in the water like a heron plucking shad. The shad were spawning all around a bald eagle, and he That's was just awesome. eating shad, like plucking one at a time. I'm what like, size is shad? Eagle? Just threadfin shad, like two, three inch shad. Dude, he was able to like, was he like clawing them? He was plucking them, dude, with his beak. They were spawning oh. all over him. He was sitting still in the water, <laughs> and he was just eating them like, like he was potato chips. Potato chips, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's just snacking because of America. Dude, I, this is gonna sound like a one upper, but. Um, my wife was sitting at the pool literally two days ago at our house in Mesa, you know where we live. And a bald eagle was swooping down at the birds in the backyard. No kidding, dude. A bald How eagle crazy in the middle that? of the city, huh? Yeah. Uh, she just like freaked out and like come running in to tell me it was hilarious. What kind of birds was it going after the pigeons? I don't know. I don't what? even know. Probably there's a lot of doves around and stuff. So probably doves or who knows, but it was you chasing birds. Yeah, look at this is just like the freaking domino effect. One time early, early on when I got a boat, I was at Canyon in the wintertime. And uh, yeah, bald eagles definitely prey on other birds. That must be one of their like favorite snacks. And uh, I saw an eagle attempt to swoop down on three or four coots multiple times unsuccessfully. Oh. And you talk about a big old bird, just like it just kind of looks like he just gives up flying. Dude, he falls like a rock. And just would boom, and he never got one of them. But uh, man, that was so National Geographic, watch, huh? yeah. Dude, I, I was listening to a podcast about a um, there's a podcast. There's a guy named Andy Stumpf. 
He was a, a Navy SEAL. He's got, he's got a really cool podcast. Um, but he had a guy on his podcast that was a falconer. Ooh. And this is like, I was like, never even heard about, you know, I, I have no idea what it's like to be a falconer. But he was just talking about the experience with hunting his falcon. And it was gnarly. Uh, but dude, I think, uh, my bad, that was my phone ringing. No worries. Oh, sorry. Bushly. Have you, uh, um, yeah, did, did he talk about, dude, I think falcons can fly, like when they dive bomb, it's it's deep into the 100 plus mile an hour. Yeah. I think it might even crack 200. I don't want to be out of tongue on that. I'm with, I'm with you. I don't know the exact speed, but he said the way that thing folds into a little bullet <laughs> and, and, and shoots down, he said it's in, in the sound it makes when it's whistling through the air like that is the most <laughs> unbelievable thing. It sounds so cool. I was like, damn, dude, that takes way too much time. But it would be so cool to have a falcon. Dude, if we were going to compile a list of mankind's greatest achievements, us figuring out how to domesticate and then, like, be a part of a falcon doing that has to be, like, top three. Like, we have accomplished some great things in our history, but that's right there at the top. It's amazing. It is. <laughs> it's cool. Uh, but anyway. So did uh, he, so did uh, the guy, I sorry, I forgot his name, that uh, brought this up. I, he needs to give us something because clearly oh, yeah. he has oh, no, something. So what's one. he got? Yeah, I'll, so yeah, let's, I'll give let's his and I'll his give mine. Yeah. Okay, his was, yeah, his is going to take the cake. He said he saw two horses. I don't know if it's good or not, dude, but he said he saw two horses doing the dirty on the way to the lake. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that down, down. I'm glad we're attracting listeners yeah. like this. This is good. These are our people. <laughs> it's Much a typical love. college kid, dude, right? Like it's it's, it's cool as a question, but I, yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Have I have I told you guys about the the guide trip I did at Pleasant? I met him at Wild Horse, and as we're driving in there, I warned the people. I'm like, because they were following me, I warned them. I said, "There's." Um, there's wild burrows around here, so don't, you know, just be careful not to run into one. As we're pulling into the park, did I tell this story? I probably no, told it. No, no, dude, I haven't heard it. So as we're pulling into the park, I point to my left because I saw a bunch of burrows, and I have women and children, right, in my in my group behind <laughs> me. And I point to the burrows as soon as I point the one mounts the other. And I'm like... <laughs> That's not what I was pointing at. That's so funny. They're like, this guy's terrible, a man. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Well, Rob, why did you tell him to be afraid of the burrows? Do they have, like, scary because, teeth or something? No, they're just all over the road. I didn't want to run into them. <laughs> oh, okay. Those things are everywhere out there. I thought maybe they were going to, like, take your wallet or something. <laughs> did they have a did they have a good sense of humor about it? They did. And I'm like, I was so apologetic because it's like, that's not what I was pointing at. <laughs> that's as classic so, as it comes. Yeah. All right, Josh. Way to, start a, way to start a guide trip, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, only up from there, man. Um, <laughs> so I, I'd say the weirdest one on the way to the lake for me, I uh, going back quite a, quite a long time, I was riding riding to the lake with a buddy in his truck, and we're going to uh, Bartlett Lake, and there's one, like, tight little wash um, it's, it's, there's like, it's, it's a, it's a wash that comes through the road and you have to slow down to go like 15 miles an hour and you make a really sharp right-hand turn. I know, uh, that you guys know what I'm talking about. There's a little oh, yeah. bit of a bluff on both sides of the road. Well, there's yep. a, it's, we're probably the first people to go through there. It's super early in the morning and it's in the winter time. And there's a mountain lion walking right in the middle of the road. 
Um, wow. And dude, before I can blink, this is just this was crazy. Before I could blink, he's out of his truck with his pistol shooting at this thing, dude. And <laughs> dude, I'm a, I'm like 17 years old at the time, so I'm like, what is going on right now, dude? And he fires several shots, doesn't hit it, and this thing scales up the cliff and escapes. <laughs> and I'm like, God. what are you doing, dude? And he claimed that he had a tag, and like I, I, I don't know what it was like. I don't know if what he did was legal. I'm sure it was probably illegal, but I'll never forget it, dude. And I'm I'm very glad he didn't get it. But it was gnarly. Whoa. Is there any chance that's legal, Rob? The, what would? It's no, it's not legal. I mean, he's okay. shooting on a he's shooting on a road. Yeah. One, and he's probably shooting at at night. I don't think the night time is legal either. Gotcha. So being dark out, but definitely not on a road. You can't shoot. You can't shoot from a roadway across a roadway. Um, oh, well, for yeah. great reason too. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, that the, that spot's crazy. Uh, um, I remember one time because it's really like it, it's remote, right? As evidenced by the fact that that mountain lion was walking in there. One time again, super early on in my boating career, I was I was young i was like 19 20 years old and i was going to the lake and i came around that corner and uh where that wash enters the road there's kind of like a little pull out and that uh, dude i came around the corner and there was a brand new like paper tags brand new lincoln navigator completely on fire oh my goodness <laughs> man dude someone torched their new ride i don't know if it was like stolen and joy ridden or what but, uh, dude, it was like, you know, when a, a vehicle is burning and it's at that point, it's just a skeleton. It's like black metal. It was like <laughs> no one to be seen. No oh, gone. Dude, gone. And I couldn't get out of there fast enough. I was like, and I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's like, Rob. Do, probably. dude, exactly. <laughs> dude, hey, Rob, how about your story uh, hunting last year, dude? Yeah, With- that was scary. That, yeah, it was just random. Like someone stole the BMW. We're oh. down south and east of tucson and this we could hear all this ruckus while we're hunting and all of a sudden we're driving back in the dark after we'd hunted all day and we run into this bmw uh someone had drove it down the hill turned it around and tried to come back up there was they hit the oil pan because there was oil all over the road and this thing was stuck and from the bmw down the road was nothing but empty beer cans as they were walking out so, I mean, we just freaked out. It's dark. It was. Uh, that wasn't there when you came in. It was there on the no, way out, right? No, it wasn't right? there when we came in in the dark at all. No, it was not there. Um, so it obviously all that took place while we were back in this area, uh, not a place for a BMW. We were we were in the uh, in my Ranger, my Players Ranger. So I mean, it's, it was tough roads, and it was uh, me and Alex and his wife and. I mean, you just feel weird driving down that road. So I had my handgun in my lap. Alex had his rifle. I mean, we were ready to fight. Go to this Yeah, but it's just like, who does that to a car? One, I don't want to run into them. And then empty beer cans all the way down the road. It's like, we Fair went, enough. we literally went back to camp, uh, packed up camp, because whoever did that had to come by our camp at some point. Uh, we packed up our camp and tried to, get into town and get a room anyhow we ended up driving home that night and alex and his wife went down later that week and ended up killing a nice buck but it was uh it was a weird situation just nothing felt right about it so yeah we got out of there. and they needed a vehicle to get out too 
that's my point. I mean, it was just, I don't know how, if they had two vehicles there, if they, if oh, the maybe. BMW was stolen. I have no idea. I, I would love to know the backstory on that, but it, I obviously never will. So just but, tune into the local Tucson news, maybe. Yeah. We're going to have to send Dusty a sticker for giving us all this, uh, yeah, look at that. He just ignited. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, dude. Yeah, the stickers that are still haven't been made. That's funny. That is a good. Uh, <laughs> that is a good topic. Though. Thanks, man. We just just took off with with some randomness there. So, uh, yeah, I think that's the the craziest one for me though. Uh, cool little animal. I you see once in a while in Arizona that's kind of unique is a Gila monster. You guys ever seen a Gila monster uh, at the lake or on the way to the lake? I have. I've seen a couple at Apache. I didn't uh, guess Apache. I haven't. And I've seen a couple mountain biking uh, near the house here. So. That's cool. They're cool little dudes, man. Uh, yep. Wouldn't want to touch one, but um, right on. Well, I, and I went past. Um, we we don't have a lot of real. Val- Last week we did so much tech fishing tech talk. We don't have a lot of it this week. But I I, I accidentally went past your guide trip. We were going to talk about some of our group trips also that we've done in the past. I don't know if you guys have any stories there, but, um, the group trips are always interesting as guides because like they're usually fun. And honestly, there's less pressure in the group trips because, uh, everyone just jawing back and forth, having a good time. A lot of times the, the people that come out, they, they get competitive and want to do like little tournaments from boat to boat, you know, cause they're coming out with tournament fishermen. They want to have their own bass tournaments. So that's always makes it fun as long as you're not the guy that goes out there and the only one that doesn't catch anything yeah, <laughs> but, you just uh, outlined my story so thanks josh yeah, <laughs> no pressure in a group trip and i'm over here thinking, like those are my least favorite when i was guiding <laughs> that's so funny i mean it, but but it's just fun to get involved with all the trash talk and oh, stuff yeah. and, and, and yep. i enjoy them but uh and then they're all different but um yeah how to go today was your group pretty were they all on the same page all the anglers and stuff they were. Um, it was it was all family for the most part, and uh, just a good group of people, and uh, not very competitive at all, um, which is not normal for a group trip. Um, but yeah, it was it was your typical just family group trip, not like your uh, the funny ones that trip me out are the the business group trips, right? Because you got all the trash talking coming. Oh yeah. Usually out here on a corporate trip, you know. And yep. Um, you always have the the guy that's fished his entire life you know (laughs) and then you have the the people that have never fished before and it's so funny like when you have a big group like that right in the beginning you see all the guides sizing up the clients and the clients sizing up the guides you know and that's funny it's funny how it all comes together and and you might avoid some people or they avoid you. Oh, sure. Normally, normally sure. that's the moment, Rob, when you're getting sized up that you really want the loudest, brightest rap. Probably normally you're fishing in your jersey, right? <laughs> right. Like handing out baseball cards of yourself. You're just trying to solidify. Baseball cards right. of yourself. That's how you target the loudest guy in the group. Because, yeah. dude, there's always the first guy that's to walk down to the dock, for. dude. Is like, yep. And then a couple couple more laid back ones come down. You grab them. Hey, man, how about you? You want to come in my boat, dude? Let's let's go yeah. right now. You, let's, let me start your licenses. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> we, had one, we had one big group that obviously they didn't come this year because of the pandemic but uh they've been out every year for the last 10 years that i've guided and i believe you guys took him out prior to that even josh right uh, yeah his name is bob the, bob yes yep and i don't think bob's involved anymore for some reason mm. i think i think it's been pushed on to one of the other guys okay anyhow a great group um i don't even know where i was going oh 
the so it goes on for so many years that you get a little rapport with some of the people, right? And they gravitate towards your boat right away, or they run from your boat. I guess. <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't know which ones are running, but you know what I'm saying. So oh, yeah. it's kind of cool seeing them every year, and you you that I enjoy that part of the. And we missed that all this year where the cor- corporate trips, that uh, the repeat corporate trips, so we missed all that this year, unfortunately. So. That is a bummer, dude. And, and yeah, actually, yeah, they were looking forward to it, too, just like we do, man. Yep. Just coming out yep. strong 2021, man. They'll just be that much more excited. You know, they'll just make it that much better. Yeah. Yep. Well, my buddy had uh, referred it to, it to it like a spring. He said, when this spring finally unloads, man, it's, it's going to be good. So uh, yeah. hopefully yep. that's the case. Right. What was your uh, what was your experience, Nick, with with your story, dude? So hopefully all of our listeners, I'm I, I'm pretty sure I told the story super early on in the podcast, but I remember uh, I think it was it was myself, Steve Bernowski, and probably Scooter. I think us three were taking out a group of people, and uh, they were it was a family and uh, East Coasters, like Northeast Coasters, like Hamptons type, and. Uh, you know, kind of like the sailing crowd where they've got like some Sperry's on and some like cargo <laughs> shorts. And they're like, they're like, nav- like, um, they like, they, they like the water, but they're not bass fishermen. They're more like champagne on the deck of a sailboat crowd. And so <laughs> I, uh, I drew the two, uh, ladies, I think it was maybe like a sister and a sister-in-law or something like that, if I remember correctly, but they were, they were, you know, late fifties or so. And they clearly were just coming out to have a proper day on the water, which was like, you know, lox bagels and like, you know, like club soda. They could care less about uh, sticking some big, large mouth. 100% could care less. And so it was a great fit because my capabilities <laughs> oh, were, whatever, were pretty bad, but dude, so it wasn't even the fact that we were, we were not catching anything. They, uh, I don't know what was going on. I just was you know, not on my A game clearly, and uh, didn't have as much ice in the cooler as they deemed necessary. And uh, they gave me an earful because they they literally did bring smoked salmon and bagels and cream cheese and capers. And they were like, I think they were expecting me to serve it, but uh, you know, they probably had <laughs> no idea that I had. To, yeah, dude, I hadn't washed my hands in probably four days, so I didn't think they want me spreading cream cheese schmear on their bagels. But uh, they were super, super, they were really nice, but completely underimpressed. And uh, I, I think I might have got tipped with like a suggestion to get a different job. But uh, luckily, um, I know Scooter and uh, Steve, Steve did catch fish. And at one point they came by and it was during the spawn too. So it should have been like lights out when Saguaro was fishing good during the spawn. It's silly. And they're like, no, we haven't caught anything. We're still trying to figure out breakfast. And oh, when they, they said, said that, that you're trying to figure that. it out. Yeah, right. I was like, okay, nice. Well, I will take you back to the dock. I'm going to go up to the restaurant and uh, have myself some Baileys and coffee or something. I'll catch you later. But uh, it all worked out in the end. Well, I mean, dude, as a guide, like those, you get those clients, you know, and it's, if you did, the, I'm sure, dude, I'm sure it went better than you think just because you've got the right attitude to go with it. But like, if you take those girls and like, try to drill sergeant them and, and, and make, yeah. make them into bass fishermen. It's going to be miserable, dude. They, they, they would rather just, like you said, cruise around maybe and, and, and look at the wildlife and, and let them kind of dictate how they want that day to go. But, uh, yeah, 100%. There's, there's guides that would literally just like, be like, we're catching them today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause your ego gets involved, right? Like you can't look bad in front of your buddies. We have, 
we have one guide. I'm not going to mention his name, but he usually in the group trips, like fishes his butt off, and it's all about numbers to him. It doesn't matter if it's 15 bluegills. He's going to count 15 bluegills right. and come in and above everyone tell we caught 22 fish. That type <laughs> that's of deal. Brutal. So, that is that's brutal the, for everyone. So frustrating because uh, like our clients don't realize that they caught 22 bluegills. He just says fish, right? That's so. <laughs> uh, good, oh, Rob. Yeah. Have you, uh, I, I apologize, we maybe have told this one, but uh, I always liked the group trip story where the guy stood up on your boat. Oh, yeah. We oh, told yeah. that early on. Oh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, and we don't need to go deeply into that one again, no. but that was uh, the gypsy trip. That was probably the uh, all-time take-the-cake uh, winner yeah. on craziest, uh, and what's funny is they were accidental repeat clients. They had <laughs> gone out with us in the past and thought we were a different guide service, so accidentally hired us again, and it was equally as bad the second time on all sides. So. Dude, as soon as you say gypsies, it's like enough said, right? Like that's just game, set, match. But who stands up in a bass boat, bass boat on pad? That's uh, brave is what Someone's that is. Someone's so cold he can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> you're so kidding me oh man that was gnarly uh Gosh, man group trips you uh you got any dude i mean that's the, that's the one that really takes the cake for me man i, I had the, we had the one where um we had taken it was kind of a corporate trip and i had the drunk guy that one time and i think i told that one too i had the drunk guy in the group um and he had fallen in the water i knew he was gonna fall in at some point dude you know he just all over the place in the boat and, and in hindsight i probably should have just not even taken him out on the boat, even though it would have been ugly, you know, or maybe, I don't yeah. know, maybe gone up to his boss and said, look, I don't know if this guy should be on the boat, but, uh, anyways, yeah, he fell in the lake, uh, <laughs> lost a rod, dude. It was, uh, it was gnarly. No. And everyone else was so cool, dude. The boss of the company, the, the guy that ran the whole thing was such a good guy, you know? And as long as that guy had fun, it was just like my day to just, yeah, take one for the team and try to keep this guy on my boat alive through the, <laughs> through the four hours you know get him back to the dock safely i almost didn't thank god he he could swim dude. dude and what's funny too is like anyone who falls off a bass boat or even just like jumps off they it looks like it's going to be an easy boat to get back in but dude i mean like the ladder obviously makes it pretty easy but have you seen some funny struggles with people trying to get back in like trying to climb over the side it is not as easy as some people would think. So I can only envision what that process getting him back on was like. I had a lady, I had a family on my boat one time, dude, and they all jump in the water to swim. And the lady is, um, I'm just hoping she doesn't get in the water, you know, because yeah. it's going to be hard to get her for her to get back in. And sure enough, man, she goes in like un unannounced and we had to, we had to troll. <laughs> she had to, dude, it was terrible. She had to hold the, back cleat of the boat and we had to troll <laughs> to the shoreline <laughs> trolled her to the shoreline dude and she, she had to walk onto the boat from the front dude did you like did you give it a shot were you like pulled on her shoulders and we it tried. just wasn't yeah, yeah oh yeah it was just like we're gonna pull her sockets right out of her shoulders here dude <laughs> shoulders out of their sockets if we do any more oh. so, dude hey, i think Carly. it's it's like, oh, it has low sides. It'll be no problem. I'll just climb right back up into the boat. And it's like, oh, that ain't happening. <laughs> like, you got to give luck. yourself like, you know, some speed. You got to kick your legs. And, and, and it's just, it's a tough like, move. Oh, yeah. It's a really tough. I think you have never, your power poles could help. And you got your motor, but it's really risky with your feet around that prop like that. Even though the motor's not running, you could cut your feet, you know, trying yeah. to use that motor to get yourself back in. But if you're in an emergency situation, 
I think that might be your best bet is go cling on the motor and trim it up and try to get some some height, yeah. right? Ladder works yeah, good, right? Ladder's don't great. Most bass boats have a ladder on them now. Maybe it is a mine. Mine does. Does, you, does yours? Both of you guys? Yeah, one hundred percent. Because that's my kids, right? Like when I take them fishing, when it's finally time for like seven minutes of serious effort, concentrated fishing, <laughs> I put them. I have them jump off the boat. And then I tie one of my dock ropes to the throwable in the boat, right? You know, like the blue inflate the throwable. And then they just hold on to it. And then when they're done, they just climb back in the boat over the ladder. So the ladder is like all good. But yeah, without it, I think you're right. I think you gotta like navigate the outboard trimmed up or something. I don't know. It is it is tough. It's it's scary, man. I th- I th- was thinking about this uh, last week on the uh, Sturgeon Bay tournament in practice. So like in the tournament, you're with a boat official and maybe a camera guy, but you're out there by yourself practicing and it, it can be so dangerous, dude, if you fall off because the current was so strong, like I'd be adjusting my power paddles, which are awesome. But like, I thought about it one time, I was just fishing without a life jacket on cause I was fishing and I was like, dude, if I slip, I'm going to get separated from the boat because the boat's probably drifting faster than I can swim. And, uh, I'm not making it to the shore a mile yeah. or two miles away. So I started fishing with a life jacket all day in yeah. those waves when I was practicing by myself. Yeah, yeah, I think you underestimate quickly too how much endurance you have to swim, right? Like I growing up in Wyoming, a, a really competent person drowned and granted the water was a lot colder, but uh yeah, you kinda underestimate when when the feces hits the fan and uh, it's time to, you know, like it's it's the real deal. It's you don't want to have to see how long you can swim for. Yeah, I don't trust myself to go very far at all, dude. Like who knows? But like if I don't trust myself to go more than a couple hundred yards, man. Even yeah, who knows? Well, I think we just solidified the most random podcast in our long history. So that's pretty good. I think this is, this has been a treat. <laughs> so, random yeah. is good. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully if not, sorry to the listeners, because it's been <laughs> yeah. a complete opposite from last week's podcast. We give nuggets of value from your guys' abilities normally and te- tips and techniques. And this week it's been, it's been random soup. So it's been fun though. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent, man. It's uh, it's nice to mix it up once in a while. And, and yeah, my last topic is also non-fishing related. I was going to see what you guys thought about uh, all the sports coming back. They're all kind of coming back at once. Are you guys, do you guys think, uh, and of course we've been fishing, there's been fishing in NASCAR. So our mm-hmm. lifeblood of, uh, uh, you know, Southern sports have been, have been rocking, but, um, or not, not maybe not rocking, but they've been great. Uh, they've been going, uh, but baseball hockey basketball do you guys think that the teams that win the titles this year are is there an asterisk or do they uh, you know are they gonna feel the same about it after they've won rob you take uh, tackle that one first there's definitely gonna be an asterisk that um just because it's a shortened season anybody can get hot and go for 60 games in baseball right um also I had a, a buddy of mine, I will definitely not mention his name, but he's in baseball um, in the minor leagues as a coach. And uh, he, his team that he coaches for, the major league team, uh, is convinced that a lot of teams are going to tank uh, just trying yeah. to up themselves in the draft next year because the draft will be very, very strong next year. So oh, that's, yeah. uh, that's kind of a possibility, and that'll make it interesting, and that'll make it not as – I mean, I don't know. I'm not even excited for it to start. I I really want it to start just to get the world going around again. But 
I could, I don't, I have no plans of watching it. So. Wow. That's crazy. That's, that's yeah. interesting all the way around, dude. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, but it, go it ahead, just Robert. makes you think, right? It makes you think and it makes you, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't even have said that just because it'll ruin it for other people too, but it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's, well, we'll find out when they start playing, yeah. dude. I mean, it's not like, and these, but here's the thing, dude, the teams might say that, but these players are playing for their contracts, dude. And, they and, are. and, and, right. and uh, they've got pride in their competitors too. So I could see a few random players, not maybe giving it everything, but dude, I think what brought a lot of these players to where they are now is they're just diehard competitors. So hopefully yep. The players themselves just can't let that happen, dude. They won't. Yep, I agree. I agree. So it'll it'll be interesting. I'm anxious to see the Astros play. That'll be fun. Did you guys <laughs> see what happened in their first series? No. No, they are, they already got hit three times in their first in their first inter, like in the exhibition game. Oh no, kidding, God! That, I just have paid no attention. Yeah, to Altuve it, and but... Bregman got hit back to back, dude. <laughs> the first. <game. laughs> Oh, that's good. Dude, it, I can't get over just how weird it is when you see the footage of it being an empty stadium. Like, that is so crazy. You see the cutouts? They've got cardboard cutouts in all the first, in the front rows. And the fan noise sounds real. Have you noticed, like, well, I don't know. Yeah, you, so, Rob, you haven't watched the game, but in those ex, exhibition games, the fan noise, it sounds real, dude. It sounds like it's a regular game. Yeah, they're so they, pumping all that in there, aren't they? From yeah. Past, past games, yep. Are they are they doing that to try for like the the people watching it or for the players playing? No, I don't think they can hear it in the stadium. I think it's strictly for TV, isn't it? Overdubbed on. That's the TV. what I think too. Yeah, yeah. Just to make it seem normal. It, I don't know, dude. I mean, it uh, those games absolutely didn't matter because they were straight up exhibition games. But it it was weird. But at the same time, like it was just watching a baseball game, dude. It wasn't that How insane. Weird. You know, how wasn't weird that weird? Those, yeah, how weird is it for those guys playing in silence? <laughs> it is interesting. I saw the NHL was going to do a five-second delay for foul language, which oh. makes perfect sense, you know? So it's just going to be one long, continuous beep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't wait for the hockey, dude. I really can't. That's been my favorite sport to watch. And and with the only bummer there is that, you know, they're what they're going to do is they're all playing in Canada and they're going to play the games like four games a day. So mm. like the games are at weird times and like, I'm going to be at a tournament when the Coyotes start playing and their games are like 10 30 in the morning. So it'll, that can't be good for viewership. You know what I mean? That can't be good for viewership to be having these games during the week at 10 30 in the morning. Uh, yeah. well, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully they get through that series so I can watch them uh, in the next one. Yeah. There's, Man. there's enough, enough people with TiVo and, stuff like that to I mean, oh good point good point just don't tell them the one. score <laughs> right right on right. right on uh well yeah uh, other than that um do you have many trips coming up this week rob for uh, for guiding uh next week there's not much showing yet but the way this year's been going it, i mean they could all pop up tomorrow you know so it's it's amazing how there's nothing on there and all of a sudden you'll have a bunch of trips. So it's good. It's just so sporadic and I, I don't know what to think about it other than hopefully there's some trips. So yeah, take them if they come. That's cool, man. And uh, Nick, yep. Nick, you're going to be on the road, dude. We're all excited to hear how that goes um, as the adventures uh, unfold. And uh, I'll be, uh, like I said, I'll be fishing that tournament up in Wisconsin. Um, I think we'll be good to go. I don't think we'll miss a week next week. Uh, we'll do everything we can to, 
bring uh, the next podcast at normal time, but uh, I will be fishing an event this week, so we'll see how it goes. I'm interested to see how I, you know, gave a quick little preview there of what, you know, what the way things kind of look. It'll be interesting to see how it actually pans out, and we'll talk about it on the next episode. But it's completely different from what we were just doing. Like a lot of a lot of people hear that there's smallmouth in this river, and and without ever being up there, they would think like, oh, it's you know, hey, that's right up your alley. It's just like what you did last week. And this couldn't be more different. It's a shallow, shallow, this place has got some good smallmouth in it, but you're catching these smallmouth up in 18 inches of water. It's a totally different deal. So mm. it'll be interesting if they're largemouth or smallmouth. And then my, my other thing that I've got to decide, you know, in practice and of course in the tournament is whether or not I'm going to lock, you know, and this is the Mississippi river. So every pool is broken up by locks. And there's a lot of barge traffic. And this place up here is notorious for people doing really well one day in a, in a different pool by locking. And then the next day getting locked out and not making it back to weigh-in. So, like mm. I said, I'm, I'm willing to gamble because there's no points in, on these FLW Super Tournaments for us. Uh, but you also don't want to do something stupid and completely miss, miss out on a chance of getting a check if you've actually caught the fish. So, yeah. You know, Josh, what's your what's your mentality changing? I mean, you're going one week where you're fishing for every bite to a five fish limit. I mean, that's got to it's got to you got to think about it, right? What, what's your thoughts on that? It does. I mean, it's it, it definitely takes some thought, man. And and um, I don't know if I've got like one one approach that I use exclusively on both sides. You know, I mean, now I've fished both both styles enough that um, they've each got kind of their own their own approaches overall what i've noticed that's weird is you use all the same baits you do a lot of the same stuff but um you're just you're trying to approach it differently like you can get by with a lot less in a five fish tournament like you you need to find so many different places that are good in a every fish counts in a five fish tournament you might survive a tournament off of one or two spots so you're you're spending more time looking for the needle in a haystack you can afford and you get longer practice too so you can afford to also uh, you know, be, be a little riskier with your practice. Um, the clock's not ticking quite as much and, um, you know, so it's, it's different, but it, they've got their own challenges too, you know, and, um, it's not easy finding those big ones, you know, and up there, big ones, the three and four pounder, they're not easy to find. So that's the, uh, that is the challenge, you know, it's, a. Uh, but you, you always, I don't know. If, go ahead. What type of weights do you, do you think are going to be going up there? I think 15 pounds is going to be phenomenal. You know, it's, okay. you see, I've seen bags as big as 19, 20 pounds and very rare occasions, but normally like it takes about 12 or 13 pounds a day to get a check and 15 a day is you're in the top 10 for sure. Uh, and I don't think this will be any different as tough as it, as tough as it is right now, but it's a fun place to fish and you can do every, I mean, you can frog throw a frog up in shallow slop. You can, uh, you know, go fish the main river current. You can do all kinds of stuff. There's a lot of different ways to, to do this thing in a lot of different places to go fish. If you, if you look at this thing on Google earth, you'll just be like, wow, that is like a, it's a spider web. It's a maze. And uh, that's, it's tough, but it's also cool. We'll see. Yeah. Cool. Well, good luck. Yeah. Thanks man. I need it. And uh, good luck on your trips, Nick, uh, travel safe, dude. Any, uh, any last words from you guys before we, uh, shut this thing off? You know, just random thought popped in my head, dude. If you want to ensure doing well, I think you need to go get one of those foam cheddar cheese heads and shove it in one of your rod lockers, dude. I think that's probably going to be what's going to separate you from the pack. <laughs> That'd be some good karma up there for sure, sure dude. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't think of that, dude. That's why you, that's why you didn't bring it home. 
get a Packers flag for the back of my boat. But dude, my, I just, my dad would be so disappointed in me for doing that. Uh, he's already disappointed. Just keep it coming. <laughs> uh, come on, dude. They're cross. They're not even in the same division. So it's not even the Packers barely have been relevant in the last 20 years. So it's not a big deal. That's hilarious. They had, they've had some battles over the years though, dude. It's just, uh, I don't know, yeah. dude. I, I couldn't bring myself to do that. <laughs> the real cheeseheads would probably be offended too. Yeah, no kidding. Big bandwagon. Yeah, for sure. They don't mess around up there. Yeah. They love their Packers, man. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, man. It was fun. And uh, yeah, be safe and uh, we'll chat soon. All right, listeners. Have a great week. Thanks, guys. Thanks again for listening to the show, guys. Appreciate you guys tuning in every week. We hope you guys have a great week. Get some fishing in, and we will talk to you next Sunday.